Hello and welcome to Ringwood's podcast. As your host, Rosie Watts, each week I am joined by a series of authors, colleagues and guest visitors to discuss all things books and publishing. And welcome back to Rinwood's podcast. Today I am joined by two of my lovely interns, Shannon and Megan. Shannon and Megan, thank you very much for joining me today. And we are going to be discussing instilling Brendan McLaughlin in his upcoming novel, The First of May. So Shannon and Megan, if you please, could you just tell us a little bit about your roles at Ringwood? Yes. Hi. Great to be here. I am the social media and marketing manager at Ringwood. I have also been involved with the 1st of May since I first started here. So that was my first day on the job was meeting some of the family from 1st of May. I also help out with interns. I have author support roles with a couple other authors. So yes, we're a few different hats here at Ringwood. I had no idea that your first day was meeting the family. That's incredible. Thank you for that little brief introduction. Megan, please go ahead. So my name's Megan. My primary role at Ringwood is the submission secretary and a member of the submissions committee. So that basically means that every manuscript that gets submitted to Ringwood, it goes through me. So I help evaluate the merits and shortcomings of manuscripts and decide if we should publish them. I'm also part of the newsletter team. I'm currently the lead editor for one of our upcoming titles and I'm author support for two of our authors, as well as being on the marketing team for the 1st of May. Wonderful. Both very busy ladies. Brendan, our author, sadly passed away later last year. And as you guys have both mentioned, Megan and Shannon, you've been working on McLaughlin's Rubble the 1st of May, being on the proofreading team. So with no author to turn to for support and to bounce ideas off for changing things and editing, it has certainly been quite an experience, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yes. So the way we handled this was any changes that we wanted to make as far as editorial went. I know that went through the family. And then when it came to the proofreading and copy editing, if there were any big changes we caught, we would also filter those through the family. They were the ones that stepped in and helped out with the editorial process. Great. Can you guys also tell me what happens during these copy editing and proofreading stages? Absolutely. So we would send out the manuscript where it was at with the editorial stage, and we would have a team of about eight people, and four people would work on proofreading the first half, and four people would work on proofreading the second half. And then when everyone was done with their changes that they would recommend, they sent it to the head proofreader, which in this case was me, and I worked to implement those changes as I saw fit. As one of the team members, what we would do is we would proofread it one more time. So the editing team would give it to us. We would go through it line by line to ensure that there were no spelling mistakes. The spellings were consistent. Capitalization and italicization was consistent just to make sure that nobody had missed anything. We would go through it once. We would go through it again. And then we submitted all of our findings to Shannon and she would make sure that everything was correct and that we were all happy with the product. It sounds like quite a long process. Out of curiosity, how long on average would it take you to do one page of that proofreading? It depended on the page. Some had more changes required than others. The book is also written in Glaswegian dialect, so sounds like someone from Scotland. And so that also had its fair share of challenges, but I would say anywhere from two minutes to five, depending. 
definitely lots of cups of tea to get you through that. Shannon, just your accent, I'm aware you're not from the UK. Was that tricky doing a proofreading of a Scottish novel? Oh, it was definitely interesting, but I learned quickly how it works and I ran with it. Well, hats off to you. You guys are both incredibly hardworking interns for Ringwood and you're both valued very much. Was this your first experience working on a proofreading committee for a novel or do you have any previous experience in this sector? It was my first time proofreading a full novel, but I have had proofreading experience just in a much smaller capacity with different articles and other work I've done in my past positions and different jobs. This was also my first editorial experience. I had only really edited my own essays in university for my dissertation and my master's. Definitely still counts. Oh yeah, it's a wee bit different. So I had a great time doing it. It was a wee bit intimidating, but to be honest, the team we had was fantastic. Shannon and Raquel were able to give us so much support and any questions we had, they would get back to us so quickly. So I really enjoyed the process, to be honest. That's great. Always very rewarding. It makes it easier when you're actually enjoying what you're doing. Shannon, you mentioned you've done smaller proofreading tasks. How is this one different, if at all? Definitely had some changes. For the first of those, it would be in the fact that it was, as I mentioned, a Glaswegian novel. So it definitely posed different challenges than other proofreading tasks I had completed in the past. And then the other thing was the sheer size. So by the time we got around to proofreading it, it was less than 400 pages. So still quite sizable. So the length of it was definitely challenging at times. As I say, lots of tea to get through a book that big. You mentioned the changes you were making and they were different other places. What kinds of changes were you looking to make in the novel? Well, as Megan mentioned, we were trying to make sure that the novel was consistent throughout. So maintaining italicizing and quotes and song names, things like that. But we also were trying to make sure that we didn't change his voice as much as possible. Brendan's writing style is very unique. So we tried to maintain his sentence structure where possible. Sometimes the sentences would be things you might change in a different book, but we kept it as true to his voice as possible. Just to add on that, Brendan's story is obviously built up of a lot of anecdotes and we wanted to make sure that it felt like Brendan was naturally telling his own story in the way he would. So we were quite careful about making sure that it still all made sense. It was plausible. You could read it and understand it, but also that it was Brendan. It was his voice. It wasn't our voice. I really like that. Definitely this notion of instilling Brendan in his novel with obviously him not being around to make those changes himself. Talking of Brendan, what was his writing process? As far as I know from speaking with the family, Brendan would work on writing that book a little bit at a time over many, many years. And then eventually he decided to commit to writing it full time. So that became his focus. But for many years, he would write when he had time. And his daughter, Siobhan, has memories of him just sitting at his computer typing away while he worked on it. Very much a slow and steady with this novel. I think I've seen those photos on the Ringwood Instagram. They're wonderful. Very old school with the big chunky computers. Definitely wouldn't see them nowadays. They're gorgeous pictures, aren't they? I loved looking through them. You really got a sense of who Brendan was and his bond with his family and his community. I just loved them. It makes you realise how important family was to him before you even read the book. Oh, definitely. So the editing process for Brendan's novel, how long did this take? On our end, as far as the proofreading and copy editing goes, interns had about four weeks to get through proofreading their sections. But before that, they had to make sure they had read the novel in its entirety, so they were familiar with the work. And then after that, I had about a week 
to implement all of the changes that were made. And then after that, the book was put into its book format online. And then after that, I went through it again and caught any further changes that were missed the first time through. Shannon definitely knows the book inside and out at this point. I think it became everyone's priority, definitely when we were working on it. Everyone would put everything else aside and just focus on getting this project done. How much did the book and this editing process change from start to finish? It, as far as I can tell, was quite large when it first was started. How large are we talking? I heard that it was nearly 800 pages when it was first submitted to Ringwood. Wow. Yes. But after the work of the editorial team, they got it down to less than 400 pages and then we worked on it some more. I just heard rumors that it was an absolute huge book. And I wish I could have read it. I really wish I could have read it in its first form, but I wouldn't have had the time. I'm sure it was full of a lot of really fun stuff that we had to cut out. Definitely. I don't know about you guys, but an 800 page manuscript certainly would have kept me busy for a wee while. Oh, definitely. (laughs) This is sort of moving away from Brendan's novel itself, but do you guys believe the editing process is ever over? I think it depends. I'm sure authors would say that for them, it's never over, that there's always something they think they could change. But sometimes I think you'll also reach a point where it's just as good as it's going to be. I agree with Shannon. I'm a wee bit yes and no. You could argue that there's always a way to change a project to fit the themes, to integrate current issues and add more dimensions to a character. You always want to flesh out your character a wee bit more because you know them better than anyone else. You always want to add something else in. But I've always used the analogy of a painting. If you're adding too much paint, too many details, you're going to ruin the essence of the story. So I think what's so important is making sure that the editor and the author can both agree that there is a point where it's the strongest it can get, your message has come across, and you just need to put it out into the world and take that plunge. Very inspiring words there. Thank you. I do agree. I do think that sometimes less is more. Talking off inspiring and advice, what do you guys believe defines a successful editor or proofreader in Ringwood or in terms of the publishing industry? I would say it's someone who takes the time to really try to know the individual behind the book. And I've been able to do that through the family that I've worked with uh, over the course of this book coming to life. And I think it also comes down to taking your time to understand the story and then recognizing the voice of the writer who created the book and then trying to stay true to that as much as possible throughout the editing process. I would agree with Shannon. I think it's very important to understand the author, understand their vision and what they wanted to get across in their book. And I think it's important that a good editor doesn't make the project too much about themselves. So they can have suggestions, they can have preferences, but at the end of the day, they have to understand that this is the author's project. The author knows what they want and you have to keep your preferences at bay. So, for example, if an editor isn't the biggest fan of the Scots dialect, they would have a hard time with this book. (laughs) They would just kind of have to put that aside and say, this is how the author speaks. This is important to the author and I will work with them to make sure this is as strong as it can be. So I think it's that balance of staying professional and also allowing your own insights into the project, but also keeping a step back. You both have interesting points and I agree with you on both fronts of understanding it's not your novel as the editor, it is the author's. And I can imagine 
for this novel in particular with an author who has sadly passed away this brought a whole new ball game to it with an author that wasn't there to talk about this ideas and it makes it harder to instill their writing and I take it Shannon as you mentioned was this reliant then on the family Yes, very much so throughout the process, taking his voice as much as possible and then using their information and their knowledge of him and trying to make sure that we stay true to him as much as possible. So we got through it all together. It sounds like an incredible experience to be able to edit this novel with Brendan and looking forward to the launch in a couple of days time. It'll be a very incredible event. So as a final question for today, do you guys have any tips for how to approach the editing process, the proofreading process, copy editing for all other aspiring authors and editors out there? I always think to myself one page at a time. That's usually how I get through it, especially if it's an especially challenging one. So be patient, take your time. It will get there to the place you want it to be at eventually. And as far as editing the actual books themselves, that I would say is much the same. Just make sure your story flows and your editors will help you get that book to where you want it to be before it's ready to go out to the masses. I personally also agree with the idea of you trust the process, you trust your team. For an author, when they're editing their own book, I would say that it's incredibly important that you seek feedback from people that aren't close to you, that aren't your family or your friends. I would say it's important to get people who are also writers to give you feedback wherever possible, even before you submit it to a publisher. And then if you're a publisher working on editing a book, a woman I interviewed recently told me that her editorial process was to read a page and then read it line by line backwards because you get a whole new angle. And I thought that was so interesting. And I think it's just a great wee trick to try because you're reading it differently and you're going to pick up on different stuff. It takes a wee bit longer, but it's actually a very fascinating process to try. So I would urge any of you to give it a go, to be honest. That's actually a very interesting technique and I imagine quite successful. It's a shame I didn't know that before I handed in all my university essays, but hey-ho, better late than never. (laughs) Thank you, Megan and Shannon, for joining me today. You've given some really insightful comments and a really good idea of the editing process of proofreading, particularly with this particular novel, First of May. So thanks again for joining me on the Ringwood podcast and I hope we can have you back soon. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. 